Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show. On Game Film, we interview advisors, industry leaders to learn from their victories and achievements. We review the Game Film to analyze the situation in detail and share the insights gained for others. Our goal is to help people learn and develop from these experiences. Let's roll the film. Today we have Shannon Spotswood on the Game Film. How's it going? It's fantastic. I'm psyched to be here. It's nice to be on the other side of the mic. It is interesting to be on the other side where I'm used to being prepared for questions and now I get to do the questioning. So it'll, uh, it'll be a fun adventure. Absolutely. Let's roll. So to kick it off, the question I always like to propose is what would be your walkout or come out song if you were playing a sport or coming to stage, whatever it would be? Well, this is a favorite question of mine, and I've had the opportunity to actually play my walk-on song. I have to, in my like heart of hearts, I love ACDC, Thunderstruck. Even, you know, Good now, song. you know, it's, it's clearly got a Roll Tide component to it, and there's, you know, there's a something special about the 80s and hard rock and heavy metal and ACDC, there's no one better, but my walk-on song. I got a roll with Coolio. Well, and I would say that you're the first person that actually plays it is what's even better. So, Heck yeah, it's the best question ever. And I'll tell you, it was so fun. I asked my kids, like, hey, what's your walk-on song? And they're all now, like, thinking, like, oh, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me, like, what's my walk-on song? But there is nothing more fun than, like, actually walking on to your walk-on song. Well, and you think about the song that, like, gets you in that mood if you're trying to, like, cheer up or you're about to go do something, you got a big presentation. Everyone has something, either an inner voice that they're saying to themselves or there's some song that they play to get them in that, that emotion or that feeling. And so... I always think that it's such a good question to hear. And plus the 80s, there's so many just wins. If it's Metallica, ACDC, Talking Heads, you go down the list, there's so many great songs from that time period. Well, and you really could get lost. I mean, I graduated in 1989, so I am like truly live the 80s decade, which is one of the greatest of music. So I have a lot, but I think it's it's always going to be Fantastic Voyage. Come on, y'all, let's step inside. (laughs) And that's a great one. (laughs) All right, so the first one to jump straight into game film, we always look back at an experience in life. If it's either an experience with a client at that time, you've got a unique background. So you've worked in a couple different facets of financial services. So you could pull from different things. You could pull from RFG. I would let you, I have no prep to this. So I wanted to, to just propose a question. Let's look at a situation, a business decision, experience with it, and let's reflect back on that decision. It's incredibly humbling when you look through the lens of um, of your career, and I've been 
very fortunate to have multiple chapters. You know, I started uh, in the business, always knew I wanted to work in finance. I, I started at a, a hedge fund that was really just uh, one of the very first in San Francisco and had a mentor there who was a female portfolio manager, which was unheard of at the time, and went from there to sleeping under my desk in an investment banking program uh, at a firm called Volpe Brown Whalen, which focused on taking the first internet companies public. So I got to sit on the really nice. the, the forefront of that and then tacked into what was my dream job, which was running a long short equity hedge fund um, for six years and stayed with that firm for a decade uh, before I took a very hard pivot out of the industry and left, you know, the the tallest building at the time in San Francisco and a very large team and a very large and and successful hedge fund and built a luxury children's clothing company in a garage, which is my chapter that that predates RFG. And so when I think about my win and it, it I don't isolate it down into one specific encounter or one specific meeting or or moment or sure. opportunity to lead or to win I really think about all of those pivot points and what I'm most proud of in terms of accomplishment is really jumping you know feet first into the deep end of the pool right. in order to to realize each one of those different chapters and none of them um, at the time were the easy or obvious choice right. all of them required this counterintuitive thinking that was very anchored in uh, living true to one of my principles, which is I know myself well enough that I have to be passionate about what I'm doing. Like I'm not a phone it in type of, uh, you know, type of person. Like I've got to be all in right. 110%, like really fired up about what I'm doing. Otherwise it won't hold my attention. And I just, I, it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, fit my personality. So I think that that is my biggest win is being willing to stare in the face of fear and pivot when I needed to pivot. And each one of those chapters has not only allowed me to deepen my skill set and tackle, you know, new problems and, and, and learn and hone that ability to get comfortable being uncomfortable, but they've all combined really led me to this place that I'm immensely grateful for today, which is so sitting in, in the seat as the president at RFG. Yeah. There's so many things there that makes me think about uh, whenever, because in my career, I've worked in a few different capacities. And one of the things I always think about is I've learned so many different random things. And when you're talking about your background, there's so many, those jobs are not something that many people just are able to hop to and right. from. You're not going to a, lo- a long short equity fund and then, you know, running a luxury clothing brand. Like those are usually pretty polar opposite and career paths from people. So it's quite unique that you have that ability. When you look back at some of those big transitions, was there something that someone that was imperative or supportive in those situations or was there something specific that in each one of those situations that helped you take that leap of faith? Because you and I have talked about this many times before, just like when an advisor is transitioning to RFG or, you know, just transitioning their business, it's scary. A transition like that, it's uncertain. And I would like to believe that 
in each of those situations, there was a level of uncertainty, like, Hey, I'm leaving this phenomenal job of 10 years running, you know, as a PM to start a passionate that because I want to start this luxury clothing brand. So like, is there in any of those situations, something that stands out that was, that gave you faith or gave you that support? Or I know you're very positive. You have a great mindset and leadership ability. Did something build that inner voice to tell you to, this is going to be fine. I got this. I think there's, you know, Richard Branson has that great quote, which is, if your dreams don't scare you, they're too small. And I think that there is, you know, I have always had a very healthy mindset around like, this is it. You know, you're, you're sitting here in your Jersey, you get one shot, right? you get one shot and how, you know, how you choose to live your life and who you choose to be on your team is just that it's an active choice like it isn't random happenstance and you know victim mindset that will get you where you want to be and so I think that I've had a healthy appreciation for fear and have intentionally sought out situations that made me uncomfortable that were a little scary and the driving force for me is I'm a, a lifelong learner. I'm I'm hungry to be around people who are going to push me to to step up my game and 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 reach that next level. It's part of I think what attracted me early on as a as a teenager into wanting to work on Wall Street yeah. is that there's no end to our industry. There's always someone bigger, better, smarter, faster, you know, able to see the future in a way that I hadn't thought of. And what an incredible luxury to know that there isn't an endpoint in our shared industry. Right. I think the other thing that I have had as a driving factor alongside that that willingness to be uncomfortable is I love nothing more. And it is what ultimately led me to RFG. And as I was making that decision uh, to join RFG and tack back into finance after the, you know, the successful building of the luxury children's clothing company was that intersection of talent and opportunity. I realized that was the one commonality between the two hedge funds I worked at and the investment bank and the right. luxury children's clothing company was that intersectionality of talent and opportunity and you build something bigger than yourself. And I don't say this in a cavalier way, but if it wasn't RFG, it would be something else. And right. I will do this until like, uh, you know, God decides it's the end of my time here because I absolutely love that energy and I love what can be accomplished from really smart people aligned in a shared mission, vision, and values. Well, and I'll say that uh, I don't see your energy level lowering at all. So I don't think that there's any end in sight right now of, of you going anywhere or anything like that. That's not this wasn't a private re release of that happening. This I don't see any end of that. But no way. I are, I do know though what my last chapter is going to be. When I always say like right around 90, 90 to like a hundred and two. I listen to a lot of these long. But you already disclosed what year? Some years in here, so people could probably add that up. Exactly. But we can like that I, out. I got another yeah. fifty. Yeah. FYI, I yeah. got a lot of time left. 
but I'm going to have a flower shop. That's going to be my last chapter. And I'm going to have a charitable aspect to it where I want to be able to like give away beautiful flower arrangements to people who need them or can't afford them or want to do something special. That's, that's going to be my last chapter. That's, you know, and that, I feel like that should have been like a, a question I even had. What was the last chapter? And that's something I feel like I need to add now. But no, that's um, I, and it's interesting because it's, you know, with so many of the different things, you'd think that some, you would stay in the industry of some sort. But I love the aspect that you feel comfortable. You have the confidence and self-confidence, of course, to, to jump into a new industry. And I think that's one of the things, one, why I love working here at RFG is the fact that the everything changes so frequently in our industry. Things are changing from a technology standpoint, legal standpoint, all of that. And I think that your background in different industries provides you such an expertise that you're able to manage a firm that is constantly evolving, constantly innovating, ideating on what's going to be the next thing. And so I, I really love just that leadership structure. And one thing I'll pull out of that is you've been a, a leader in all those aspects what really pushed you uh, to understand this is something I've always pulled out and noticing working under your tenure and, um, and then also seeing from the outside, but to, to notice that your behavior and your work ethic and all that, how it pushes, it pushes so much into the organization because I feel like people say culture and this and community is why people love us. And I feel like at times it's overused. I've seen, I've been at some of those places where I feel like it's been said and then, you get there and it's actually just the same old, same old. Whereas here, I truly think that your energy is embedded in the organization. And I don't say that in a flatterly flatter, but I say it in a way that like it's truly visible to everyone that works here is that we all thrive off of that. Where did you figure that out? Where did that come from? Is that just inherent? or Because I think that with your being a leader at different facets of your life, that's been so powerful to give you that confidence. I made a decision a very long time ago. Like we're talking in probably high school that I was going to wake up every day. And my turn of phrase has always been and be ruthlessly positive. And it was going to be intentional. And I appreciated that it had a 24 hour expiration date on it. And so when you wake up with every sunrise, it is, you have a choice. What is my mindset going to be? How am I going to approach today's opportunities and challenges? And I think that I am genetically predisposed to it because it comes easily for me at this point. But I also feel like anything that you commit to developing in habitual form becomes easier. So at you know, at 52, I don't know, is it DNA uh, or is it a lot of days and a lot of weeks and a lot of months and a lot of years of making that choice that now it is just who I am? I'll tell you that there's, so from the research side, there is 50% is genetic, like our mood and things like that. And then the other 50, we do have some control on, which it's the environment, how we respond to it. But I think that, you know, we're all that 50% that we are born with, but that other 50% we get to control. And I think that's so powerful. And that's why I think it's so unique is that it's almost like we all know that eating fried food and working out three to five days a week is probably, you know, ideal for us, but we don't do it or not all of us do that. 
we all know that we can control the environment. I could list the Viktor Frankl or, you know, the, the philosopher quote about all those things. And we all know that those have a strong meaning, but that action to it, you have a great ability to, you believe it, but then you can act on it. And I just, I, I think that's something powerful that some people might see, listeners might see from the outside, but it's actually, it really happens day to day here. Well, and I think that we have as a team, when we decided to build RFG 2.0 and tear down the house, and now as we embark on building RFG 3.0, we went through a series of gut moments, gut check moments of what are going to be the attributes of success. And, and one of the non-negotiables for me is you have to be shoulder to shoulder with A players. It, it is, there is, there's no other way to be. If the people who are on your team are not helping you be the best that you can be and you in turn are doing the same, right. like why bother? Right. We're spending a third to a half of our life giving up time with our, you know, our beloved family and friends and passions to do this. You want to do it with people who who really inspire you. So we stated that we were going to be a team of A players and some of the attributes were we were going to practice radical candor. We were going to iterate to excellence. We were going to wake up every single day with an obsession, not just a passion, an obsession to serve. And that to me is hand in hand with positivity. If, if you don't have purpose in your life, then you're not able to sustain your positive forward momentum. Like it's not enough to be motivated. It's just not enough. You've got to have a purpose. And once you're clear-eyed around what is your purpose, and if you're fortunate enough to ground your purpose in service, that is like my heart-forward state of being. So it's right. easy to be positive. And I think that it's incredibly... Um, like I'm so fired up to hear you say that because I think that that is one of the ways that RFG is defining what it means to be an RA of the future and why Long Ridge chose to partner with us at this point in our journey is that there is room to really think about what is the new model to serve advisors. And there are uh, several fantastic competitors of ours out there who've been very successful at financial engineering and and delivering value to advisors in different ways, shapes, and forms. We all have our own, you know, special ingredients uh, that we mix into the, the spaghetti sauce. Um, but what we want to define and what we want to be known for is serving those growth-minded advisors who are truly defining what it means to be impactful in the future. The clients of the future are going to demand something different. The succession problem that is seems to be perpetual is going to demand a more innovative solution through a different lens. And, right. and that's what we're going to build. And I think that having just an undercurrent of positivity, people are drawn to it like I they're agree. drawn to light. And that's how I want to lead and that's who I want to be. And I think that was um, a great explanation of it. And I, I think there's just so much that people can find in having that self-confidence. I'm a very strong believer. Um, 
the nerdy academic way would be self-efficacy of it, that belief that we can do something. And I think that you create that so much in our org and you give that to advisors and it's even embedded in our conference. I mean, I was eight days into the, to working here and I'm on stage with a <laughs> slew of just amazing people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these are all great names. Some of them are actually keynote and conferences this year. I mean, like, and they were just part of our normal programming but they were all focused around your mindset. How are you, how are you looking at your business as a whole and less of here's, you know, the, the heavy quantitative piece. Is that important? Of course it's important, but there's so many other facets to it that people aren't looking at. And I truly think that like from a leadership standpoint, I think that's something so powerful from RFG and from you is that it's, it's embedded throughout the whole org and it has to start from the top. And that's not just me saying that. That's actually true research and management theory that says that if the profession, the way that the leadership team acts and interacts with the team is how it will flow through the whole organization. And so I always love that aspect that you've embedded it through people that work on my team that have been here for a few years will even say iterate to excellence. And I thought I was like, oh, that's a great quote. And he's like, well, wow, so actually that was uh, Shannon has been saying that. And so I think that staying with that same message is so powerful for an org as a corporate side, but also advisors feed off of that. There's no greater time than right now to be an independent advisor, full stop. I mean, the amount of convergence of change factors at play is unprecedented. I mean, the, the, the fintech and how sophisticated, I mean, there's a reason why you're sitting across the table from me. I mean, defining that future state and the, this, the behavioral finance coming into play with all of this rich fintech meets this generational wealth transfer, meets this succession crisis, meets the fact that women are going to have so much more wealth than they've ever had before is unlike any other moment in history. And what's so amazing and, and why I think that we're at you know inning one of this incredible game that we're playing right. there's probably a better basketball <laughs> analogy like quarter one this is not my strong suit <laughs> first, um, quarter, works, first yeah. quarter um is that those advisors that have that mindset and it really is all mindset so those advisors that have that mindset that are willing to accept the coaching and the support and the expertise that we can bring to them so that they can maximize their time growing the enterprise value of their firms and serving their clients, it is literally the cat's meow. Like the world is your oyster. Right. Like step up because now is the time. And this is a trend that I think is going to last for the next 10 to 20 years as all of the pieces move around the table. And what is so fascinating about the next gen investor is that they actually don't want to be experts in what we do. Right. They're conditioned to hiring experts to do things that they're not good at. So no better time than now to be the advisor who is distinguishing themselves on delivering a service experience that is truly different than what has been the norm in the past. And, and, and that's going to be, a, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, Jordan. It's going to be fun. And I think that, that the human behavior side is only going to grow. And I think how you deliver it can be different in different facets. And so I think that, that the way that you mentioned that mindset is so important in it. And I think that that's huge because a lot of times we can't fathom or visualize 
this new thing or because it's uncomfortable for us or we've never believed it. And there's a great quote around it. I don't want to butcher it, but it's almost, you can't see that unless you ha- someone has actually opened your eyes to it. Right. And I think that's the mindset piece. And, you know, even uh, our mutual friend, Steph Bogans was speaking and she was saying, I want you to feel uncomfortable with that goal. And I just would see, you know, it's like, I want you to ask this many, have these many days off, or I want you to set this goal, but I want you to feel uncomfortable. And like, that feeling even gives me a little bit of anxiety when I know what she's doing, but that there's so much there because I think that the industry, we are in that first inning or the first quarter, first period, whatever sport you want to pick, we're agnostic to the sport, even though we have some prejudice towards basketball here. <laughs> but that's I think that we're truly there because a lot of things, we don't know how to categorize it. We don't know how it fits into the piece, and we're building it. And I feel like that's a sign that we're at that edge or we're on that cusp of – Things are really going to change and going to be different, but it's going to be different in a positive way. Yeah. And you mentioned the tech side of it, how that ties into that experience. I think that advisors and what we're building together as an org is um, it's going to even allow them to interact with more advisors. Right. I think I think that we're going to give them access. They're going to be able to interact with more clients where traditional, you would think that you get 50 households and that's it. Whereas nowadays, I think with technology and the way we're building practice and the way that so much of that administrative task that took hours out of your day, now I think that it's going to be closer to 100 clients per advisor or more. I was talking with an advisor that uh, recently joined our platform and their goal is to have like 150 by themselves with the correct staff and technology to support them. They feel completely comfortable that they're going to take off and work half days on Fridays or whatever the structure they mentioned and I think that that's truly where we're going to go. And I think that a lot of that, having that belief, having that self-efficacy that this is something possible is truly emoted from RFG. I didn't believe it coming in because I thought I was like, oh, this is a great sales pitch. And no, it's real. And I actually believe in it. And I think that that's um, great leadership from your point, Bobby, Rick, all of you are working together to do. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for saying that, you know, Bobby and Rick and I have been incredibly fortunate to have, I think, a unique partnership where there's just different skill sets brought to the table. And when you when you mix them all together, that something special comes out the other end. Well, I have a couple questions. Okay. So I'll transition and actually have a, a, one additional one um, that I'll, I'll throw out there quickly before I get to our closing question. But do you have an idea what the name of that flower or that... Uh, of your future company would be when you're 90, you said? Oh, the name of my flower shop? <laughs> flower shop. No, but that's a great challenge. So I've always wanted, oh, maybe I'll just name it that. I've always dreamed of having an LLC called Hummingbird Enterprises. Okay. So maybe I'll name the flower shop Hummingbird Enterprises. Well, there. I mean, like, we got to take note of that. I mean, now it's on the record, so yeah. now you can remember it. But that one came up just very random. But for our closing question... I always believe that sometimes it's hard to be able to, to find our goal, to find what truly gives us engagement. And so sometimes it's easier to find what doesn't. Mm. So my question is, what is the worst advice someone gave you? So almost like an anti-goal. Because it's easier at times to figure out what we don't want to do. Yeah. So what would be, you've had so many great probably mentors and people that through your transitions in life, what would be some of the worst advice that someone gave you? The worst advice, and it's advice that I will say I have received multiple times from multiple different people, is 
don't do it. I think that's a, I mean, that's fair. And that's, <laughs> it's probably, uh, and I'm making the assumption, but I have the assumption that it probably added more fuel to your fire. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bobby and I laugh about uh, when we would share in the first year as we were doing due diligence on the industry and how to build a platform and custodians and fintech and all the rest of it and really came upon what was going to be the executable strategy and would share that with, you know, folks in the industry. Every single person had the exact same response, which is you're absolutely crazy. You can't do it. It can't be done. It's too hard. It's too much change. All of your advisors will leave. And I think one of the proudest moments of, of my, certainly of my RFG career, and I think it's something that I'll always uh, look back on with so much gratitude is when we left, uh, when we left LPL and became multi-custodial at None of our advisors left, despite some very lucrative offers being put on the table right. for them. They they chose instead to believe in the vision for the future and to take this this journey uh, into uncharted territory. And in hindsight, now I've had conversations and featured some of those advisors on our Disruption Blueprint podcast, and they will confess now, like, I, you have no idea how scared I was. <laughs> And how much, you know, how much trust we had to, to place in you. So I think whether it was, you know, early on in my career or leaving Symphony to do children's clothing or moving to Alabama or joining, partnering with Bobby to build RFG 2.0 is all of the people sitting on the sidelines that are saying, don't do it. It's too it's risky. Crazy. You're crazy take a safer path, do something, you know, do anything else. Right. And in a, you know, probably a less positive way to interpret that advice is it's just their own reflection of their regret. Right. Of not being willing to take, you know, there's that great Buddha saying, which is leap and a net will appear. And, that is true, but you have to be willing to leave. Yeah, I love that quote, and I actually did not know that one, and I am a quote like fanatic, so that is a good one, and it makes me think uh, before, I actually got another question, so I apologize, but um, fortune favors the bold, yeah. and you have to be bold, and you have to believe in it. So the final question, and I think this is more for our audience, but can you give us any uh, skinny or lowdown of Long Ridge uh, and why RFG and Long Ridge partnership. I, we are so excited about this partnership. And I will tell you, you know, a lot of people have asked us like, why, why now? And in all honesty, you know, Bobby and Rick and I always felt that we would take on a private equity partner at some point in the future. You know, there, you can be the best in the business, but there, if you're undercapitalized, you're at a disadvantage. It's just, you know, it's facts. Uh, and then what, you know, we, we like so many others get calls all the time and basically blew off all those phone calls. And then Longridge called and we spent, um, you know, the first several months talking about the future of the industry and what we have, you know, whiteboards full of, of dreams on the advisor experience, the technology, the client experience, all of these disruptive changes that we've talked about. And, and started to imagine 
what it would be like if we were able to effectuate that change much quicker than maybe we had planned on. And there was so much alignment and passion on Longridge's side in sharing our vision that we just hit this point where it was either, you know, you can own the majority of something great or you can partner earlier and own the minority of something truly exceptional. And that's where we landed. It, it, it has always been with RFG, you know, Bobby founding RFG, RFG 1.0 to RFG 2.0 and now RFG 3.0. It has always been about being disruptive. It has been a ruthless commitment to we are going to disrupt ourselves. We are going to choose innovation. We are going to choose growth. And we are going to choose the opportunity to define what the future means. And partnering with Longridge gets us there faster and and amplifies the fun. I love it. I have loved already working with them and uh, look forward to more conversations with some of our board and with the team. I've loved every step of the way. And this is not my first time around private equity, and I cannot say that that has been the prior experiences. So uh, many times there's a lot of downs and a lot of ups, and this has been a pretty smooth process and been fun. So I'm excited. Knock on wood, but <laughs> I, I'm excited too. And I think, you know, so much of it is there's just a lot of white space in the industry to carve a new vision for these growth minded advisors. And I think what's going to separate RFG or at least distinguish us in the marketplace is we don't want to serve everyone. Right. We don't, we want to be obsessed with service. We want to define ourselves as we're a client experience company first. And in doing that, that means you have to have a client who's hungry for your partnership and wants to grow and wants to have an outsized impact on their clients' lives and wants to build intentionally enterprise value, not in their practice, in their firm. And so when you get to align all of those resources around technology and talent and operational expertise and coaching and investment management and compliance and, you know, all the things that we're energized by and you can deliver that model to an advisor who's open to it, who's fueled by passion, who's fueled by purpose and who's fueled by profit. I mean, look, we're not nonprofits here. Like, We all want to show up and make money. Yeah, it's okay to say that. It's It's okay okay to say say that. that. Like, let's have fun doing it and let's build a community of like-minded, inspired professionals that, that are, you know, carving out our own path. I love it. Well, thank you, Shannon, for being here and thank you for joining me on the game film. Well, Jordan, thank you for creating a tremendous brand extension for Disruption Blueprint. I I love being on this side of the mic, and I can't wait uh, to see to come back more all the uh, the episodes that that you're going to create. It's a fantastic concept. We got a, a nice little list of guests, so um, we'll have to have you back after we've had it. And I think it's furthering our mission, which is peer to peer coaching. It is. There's so much uh, embedded in the reflective piece of looking at your experiences, looking at your wins. I think that um, a lot of people think about you always have to be present or you have to be looking at the future where we plan for, but there's so much value in learning from where have we been, 
what have others did? What have other successful leaders like yourself and people that we'll have on this podcast done? And where, where can we embed that in our current state or other people's current practice? So I loved having you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guests nor RFG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.